Welcome to the Aussie Bloggers Podcasts, brought to you by Tan and Amanda. Tan's from Write Your Cancer, and Amanda's from My Office Books, and you can find them both at Blogger Support for All. Join them as they talk about blogging, and as they speak to a variety of Aussie bloggers who share their own stories, secrets, and successes about the world of blogging. And now, here's Tan and Amanda. I'm Tan from Write Your Cancer. Hi, I'm Amanda from My Office Books, and, and we're, we're from Aussie Bloggers Podcast. And today we have the lovely Kelly Exeter as our guest on our show. Hi, Kelly. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, totally our pleasure. Kelly, tell us all about your background and how you got into blogging and where it all began. Okay, so my background. So I am today... Uh, a mother of two, wife of one, um, business owner and blogger at my own personal blog and I also have a business blog at swishdesign.com.au. Um, where did it all begin with blogging? It started in 2010. At the time, I my son was about a year old. I was seriously under the pump. So I was you know, a new mum. I was running a really rapidly growing business and I'm quite stressed out and I had just had a meeting with my team, my team at Swish Design to say to them, look, you know, we're going to start building websites in WordPress. So I think what would be really good is if you all started a blog on WordPress as a platform so that you could get familiar with the platform so that when we're building websites for people in, on that platform, we, you know, we know the tech side of it, we can help them out with stuff. Um, and as I said, I was quite under the pump at the time and my coping me- mechanism for being really under the pump or it was at that time was to do more stuff. So <laughs> I went home that weekend, I went home that Friday and I was like, hey, I should start a blog as well. You know, you know not just my team, like I, sh- I too should have a blog. So I kind of thought about it for a little while and I thought, I know what I'll start a blog about. I'll, I'll start a blog called I Love Pretty Things and I'll be able to use that blog to write about, you know, pretty things that I love because, yeah, I'm that person that I love going to gift shops and art markets and looking at all the gorgeous stuff there. But I never liked buying it because I don't like having heaps of stuff at home. I, I don't like clutter. So it was kind of like my excuse to go and browse through gift shops and browse through art markets and galleries and stuff and <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a perfect plan actually. So I you know, I really loved that blog. It was it was good fun. It built a following very, very quickly and it actually became a kind of a commercial proposition quite quickly as well. Um and at the time when I started that blog, I didn't actually realise that there were other people blogging for what I'm not sure why I thought that I, I'm not sure why I thought I was the only one. Well <laughs> um, but yeah, but at that time I kind of at, stumbled you know, I was on Twitter and I just happened to stumble across that you know the Australian blogging community on Twitter at the time so this is 2010 this was the good old days of Twitter when everyone was on there it was good fun um and yeah I think kind of I was probably about a year behind or, or two years behind people like Nikki from Styling You and Kate from Woogs World and Ian Land and a whole, there was a whole cohort of really a, a large but very close group of Australian, I'm not going to say mummy bloggers, but it was people blogging about, you know, their family and home life for the most part. And, um, yes, yeah, so I stumbled across those guys on Twitter 
became, you know, quickly got to know them all and become part of that community and that was great. And so it's kind of in following them and following Darren Rouse that I, re- you know, I saw him talk about the second ever pro blogger event. So I saw him, okay, and I kind of came across them all when the first pro blogger event was just about to happen and I was like, well, what, why would I do that? But the next year when it was on, I was like, oh, well, you know, I've been blogging for a little while now and I've got this blog that actually by that stage had four blogs. I had, um, <laughs> so I had I Love Pretty Things. I'd also started my own personal Kelly Exeter blog to kind of blog about whatever I wanted to blog about. I had the Swish Design blog where I was blogging about, you know, stuff related to, you know, design and web web design and graphic design. And then I had what was called a small bl- small business blog as well where I was blogging about small business. So basically anything I had a vague interest in, I'd started a blog about it. Um, so, so I went to pro blogger that the second one with the intent that I was like, I've got these four blogs and I'm going to build an audience around them. And then I'm going to sell stuff to those people and I'm going to have this great passive income. It's going to be amazing. And then I came away from that pro blogger going, Oh my God, building an audience and selling stuff to them and blah, 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 passive income is really hard work and there's no such thing as passive income and I'm not sure that I want to actually do that. Um, and, you know, the, the, short, the short answer in my mind was, Kelly, there are so many easier ways to make money than by doing this supposed passive income thing. So I came away from that conference a little bit flat but also a little bit more clear in where I was going and what I wanted to do with blogging. And so I quickly kind of closed down all my blogs except for my Kelly Exeter one and I also kept the Swish Design one just because it's good to blog for your business. So I mainly, and yeah, so I decided to focus all my efforts on my Kelly Exeter blog. I just thought this is going to be my blog where I get to write because I love writing and I love communicating my thoughts to people in that way. I know I want to write books down the track so that that blog's going to be about me building an audience with a view to hopefully having people who might want to buy my books one day. Um, Kelly, my yeah. um, when you when you went down the track of just being doing the Kelly Exeter blog, was that a conscious decision of that that would then become basically your brand? It actually was, surprisingly. Um, at the time, I had also started another little business called uh, The Smile Collective where because another thing I loved doing was I loved creating um, manifestos and love you know because it was kind of like the ability to put my words together with my design so it was really a cool way of combining those two things and so I thought I'd create these beautiful manifestos and if I build enough of a following I can sell those manifestos to people etc etc and at the time I had a I was talking to someone who I knew in PR and she was like, you know, you need to build a personal brand as well because that's where everything comes off of. And at the time, and she kind of pointed me at Sarah Wilson's blog at the time, which I had already been reading. And she said, you know, there's a lovely personal brand. You should model yourself on her and da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, I can do that because I really like her and think she's great. And yeah, I'd love to have a personal brand like that. So I did actually start my blog with the intent that that would be the kind of the home base for a personal brand that I would build. And I did, it's funny because I'm not usually strategic with how I do things. I don't, 
I find when I get strategic, it starts feeling a little bit icky. Um, but with the, for my own personal blog, I did always know that that would be the home base for me as a personal. I knew I did want to build a personal brand and I knew that the ultimate goal of that personal brand was to be able to be a writer who wrote books, essentially. That's really interesting. I like how you recognised, look, there's a lovely progression here. You went gangbusters into blogging. You (laughs) overextended yourself. You went to a conference where there's a lot of experts and the information they gave you was of a high quality and you came to the realisation, oh, wow, I've been going about this the wrong way for me. I really want to write. So in reality, going to the conference was a worthwhile investment for you because it helped you find clarity, focus and direction. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I always tell people like the story about how I went to this conference to learn how to make money from blogging and came away going, I don't want to make money from blogging. That's a really (laughs) hard way to make money. Um, But I still go to ProBlogger every single year. It's my favorite conference because it's, you know, it's that one place where you get to, where everybody just gets it. Like they get this blogging thing. You don't have to explain it to them, Um, you know, and also, you know, Bloggers are very supportive of other bloggers and this is how we grow our following and our readership is by knowing each other and supporting each other. So that's why I go every year now is because, you know, not because I'm looking to learn how to make money from blogging but and I guess what blogging is now become, it's more about your online influence more than anything else and I'd, you know, again, like I, it sounds very strategic but it's not because it's not really how I think. But ultimately, I have ideas that I want to spread as far and wide as I can. And blogging is really, as far as I can see, blogging and podcasting, actually, because I've just started podcasting this year. Those two things are just have been a brilliant way for spreading my ideas and hopefully making the world a better place by doing so. That's you know, That's ultimately what drives me. I'm a real idealist. I I want to make the world a better place and that's how I see blogging, what it does for me. It allows me to do that. That's really lovely, Kelly. (laughs) Thanks. Kelly, tell us a little bit about the framework you created when you, you know, where you help people to be kinder to themselves while still living a driven life, which so many people do. Yeah, definitely. So that's this framework. Um, so my, I've written two books now, and that second that framework is from my second book, which is called Pr- Practical Perfection. And really, this book is a—I was going to say culmination. That's not the right word. It's kind of it's it's everything that I've written on my blog, which is called A Life Less Frantic, which is it lives at kellyexeter.com, but it's called um, A Life Less Frantic. And Practical Perfection and the framework in it is kind of everything that I've written on my blog over the last six years kind of drilled down into this core framework. And essentially it's the uh, equation I came up with and the equation is passions plus priorities plus productivity equals practical perfection. And what is even practical perfection? For me, it's a um, it's a life where you, you – know, I'm a very driven some might say ambitious person. I don't know. I don't use the word ambitious for myself, but I am very driven. I, I'm a goal-oriented person. 
if I want to achieve something, I'll go after that thing kind of full ball. Um, but what, but that, you know, is that something that I could do quite well before I had kids? You have the ability to be very single minded um, and do that. But once you have kids, as anyone knows, you don't get to be that single minded anymore. So there was this constant tension in me about how do I be a good mum and be a good wife and be a good friend while still going after these goals that I have in my life. And so that's where, you know, that's where the practical perfection framework came from. So what I found was that if I had my passions and my productivity going full ball, but I didn't have my priorities in place, that's when I would fall into overwhelm. Mm -hmm. If I had passions and priorities in place, but I wasn't being very productive, I was a bit like a hamster on a wheel. So I was doing lots and felt like I was doing a lot, but never actually finishing anything or getting anywhere. And then when I had priorities and productivity in place, but I didn't have my passions engaged, that's when I burnt out. So I kind of realized I needed these three three things working together as much as possible to operate in a nice centered kind of zone where things were humming along quite nicely. And yeah, so that's, I quite like this framework that I've created because it means that when I fall into overwhelm or when I fall into hamster on a wheel mode, like my inclination is to go, oh, my God, Kelly, you're such an idiot. I can't believe you are always letting this happen to you. You know you know that you get overwhelmed and then you still say yes to everything and is it any surprise that you're here? And so it's this real negative self-talk that's not really useful to anybody. And what I find the framework does is it takes all that self-judgment away and it goes, okay, Kelly, you've fallen into overwhelm again. All right, you know what to do. You need to get your priorities in place. Get your priorities in place and you'll get back to that nice central zone. So that's that's what I like about the framework is it yeah, removes that negative self-talk that I don't know about anybody else but I'm very prone to. You know, <laughs> I was just I was just about to overtalk over top of Amanda's and apologies, Amanda. Um, around the uh, your book, so this is all all within your your book, there, Kelly. Yes, so this is all within my second book, Practical Perfection. And people can find your book on my website, KellyExeter.com.au. So if they just go to the home page, yeah, my books are pretty in your face. On the homepage, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of them, so I put them front and centre there for everyone to see. What I love about your book is I looking at the structure of your book, it surprises me that it's actually all your nine years of blogging then put together the best bits to form a book. Now, I think this is a really important point for us to be able to expand a little on because I know that there's going to be bloggers listening who would love to do a book, but they feel that feeling of overwhelm. They have no idea where to start and they don't think it maybe it's possible. And I think it's wonderful that you brought out these three points where you've said if you've got a passion and then you prioritise what you're doing and then pre- be productive, and that's where the goals come in. Is that correct, that you prioritise your goals and you productively work towards them, and that's what you used also to create the framework of your book? Yeah, that's right, because I think you know, as I, every blogger I know, we there's so many things we could be doing, there's so many directions we could be heading, and it's very hard to – And but, you know, we don't have – unlimited hours like I don't I know very few people who are single and have you know 
billion hours in the week to do whatever the hell they want. So we've all got kids, we've all got families, but we've all got, you know, places that we want to be and things that we want to do. And so I've had to learn to ruthlessly prioritize what's really important to me. Um, I've also learned that if I'm not engaging my passions, I just fall in a giant hole. So, you know, and I've also learned if I'm only engaging just a single passion, like say I'm only writing and not doing any of my other passions, that's as a quicker path to burnout as not knowing your passions at all. Um, and then I know that ultimately those things don't count for anything unless you can actually sit down and get the work done. So, and this is, these are kind of, cent- these have been themes that have been central to my blog all the way through. So my blog's been a journey of, you know, me going from someone who was permanently burnt out and overwhelmed all the time to someone who I feel I've found a, a place that's nice effectively where I'm achieving my goals, but I'm still also being a, the person that I want to be. Cause I think it's very easy to achieve your goals, but be not the person that you want to be and that's what I did for a long long time and I got a bit tired of that so yeah it's it's been nice to be you know so I've written about it for the past six years and then yeah I was talking with a friend she's a very clever person she kind of we were talking about I was initially writing a book called how to say no and then I realized that it was either going to be an incredibly long and involved book because there's lots of reasons why we can't say no or it was going to be a very short book because everything I know about how to say no comes down to not actually saying no, but it involves saying, let me get back to you (laughs) and buying buying yourself a bit of time to walk away from the situation and not just give the knee-jerk yes all the time. So it was, yeah, like I said, it was either going to be a really long book or a really short book and I was really, really struggling with it. And then she kind of sat down with me and she went, you know what your, your big thing is, Kelly? You're about prioritization and you're about productivity and you're about very practical ideas and tips. Like, you know, you never tell people to do something you've not done yourself. You've tried everything that you suggest. You know, how do we put that all together in a book? And that's kind of where, you know, so it was kind of while I was talking to her that I was scribbling things on a pad and then the equation emerged that it was these three things that I feel I pulled together to get to a life that I quite, you know, I quite like. You know, it's very different to where I was five years ago where I was, you know, always I was stressed and anxious and depressed and in a very, very bad place to where I am these days where I can have a lot going on but I'm not falling in a depression hole every two seconds from, you know, just being constantly overwhelmed. That's great. Kelly, just before we wrap up, uh, because we're sort of running out of time, but absolutely love listening to you, such a wealth of knowledge, can you just uh, briefly chat to us about your concept of white space because that's really fascinating. Yeah, so this is kind of my favourite thing. It, had, um, it was something, so I had always been a naturally productive person paired with being a highly driven person meant that I had always used that productivity to do more in a day. So, you know, the more productive I could, the more I could get done and the more I could fit into a day. And what this meant was that, you know, every, and I'm a highly organized person as well. So I was scheduling my days down to the minute to get as much as I could. You know, I was squeezing, you know, that whole squeezing the last drop out of every single day thing. That's where my mentality was at that time. And then I read um, an article from a friend. She wrote how she'd lost her license and how, 
it had forced her to kind of be less efficient because she was having to take public transport everywhere or she was having to walk to get to places. Um, and it, and in that article she said it was amazing because in forcing her to be less efficient, um, she had to ruthlessly prioritise a bit more and she had to dial back on the number of things she was doing and effectively her life got better. Like she didn't achieve anything less but she had a lot more time and space and I was really fascinated by that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, having inefficiency in your day can make life better. Um, I thought that was an, a concept worth exploring. So I did explore it. So instead of, you know, ringing ahead to the doctor to see if they were running on time and timing my arrival at the, you know, the doctors to, you know, if they were running like half an hour behind, then I would get there half an hour later and not have to spend time, have my time wasted sitting in a waiting room, etc. And I changed my thinking on that and I went, you know what, you're going to go to the doctor at the appropriate time at the time it's booked and if you get there and they're running behind, you're going to sit there and you're going to read a book, you know, for half an hour. Um, and I started working these deliberate inefficiencies into my day just to see what effect it had on my life and it did make life better. So instead of being angry at people all the time because when your day is scheduled down to the minute, it's very easy for other people to mess you around, like, you know, someone is driving slowly in front of you or someone's chatting to the checkout chick in front of you and making the transaction take like 30 seconds longer than it needs to or the doctor's running behind. or And you just get angry at people because all these people are wasting your time and your time is precious and et cetera, et cetera. And that was the mentality that I was at. So I was angry at people all day, every day. I was angry at my kids for you know, spilling a cup of milk on the floor just as we were about to leave or I was angry at my husband for taking too long in the shower because doesn't he know that we're on a tight timeline here? Um, and, you know, I and I just didn't like being angry at people all day, every day. And, yeah, so I, I worked these deliberate inefficiencies into my day and what they did is they created what I called white space. So they created, I deliberately created these areas in my day where I could be inefficient, where even though I would, you know, so I have in the mornings between 7.30 and 8.15, I have like kind of two tasks or three tasks that I have to do in that time. And those tasks, if I wanted to push, I could do them in 20 minutes. But I give myself 45 minutes to do them. And it just means I can move more slowly. And it just means that if contingencies present themselves, I can deal with those contingencies with a smile on my face instead of hating the person who has just mm -hmm. completely messed up my day. So, yeah, I'm going to be writing more and more about white space and I'm, my, my next book is probably going to be about that um, just because I think that if everybody in the world had more white space in their days, if everyone in the world had more time in their days that was able to be wasted by other people, the world would be a much happier, less angsty place. I love your ideals, Kelly. You're a girl after me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Kelly, we have to wrap it up. Um, but thank you so much for coming on our show. And tell our listeners where they can find you so that they can get in touch with you. Yeah, so the best place is just to go to kellyexeter.com.au. I'm also at Kelly Exeter on Twitter and Instagram. And if you go on Facebook and search A Lifeless Frantic, you'll find me there. So Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are kind of my three online social networks that I love the most. And, yeah, but my website is definitely the place to find pretty much everything. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kelly. Amanda, anything else? I was just going to say thank you so much for sharing those those three points because I think that's going to help a lot of driven people because many bloggers are out there, I know they're very driven, and the practical points you've pointed out, I'm sure they're going to get a lot out of this and click over to your book and find out more. I hope so. Thanks so much, guys. Oh, thank you, Kelly. Bye. Thanks, Kelly. Bye. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Aussie Bloggers Podcast. If you would like to become a part of the Aussie Bloggers Podcast family and suggest a featured Aussie blogger or just to say g'day, visit Tan and Amanda at aussiebloggerspodcast.com or at bloggersupportforall.com. If you'd like to leave a review, they would love that too. Keep an ear out for the next Aussie Bloggers Podcast coming your way soon.